To support our work at the Izzy and Mortada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you will get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Hi, I'm Mortada. And I'm Izzy. <laughs> this is the Izzy and Mortada picture I show. I don't know what that, that was. <laughs> that was funny, though. <laughs> you made me laugh immediately. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. Today, later on, I have um, an interview with the director, Moses Buayu, of the documentary Bobby Wine, The People's President, which is up for Best Documentary at the Oscars. It's a great interview. I'll tell you about it a little bit more. Um, but first, Izzy and I wanted to talk um, a follow-up to our conversation from two weeks ago when we talked about the the Oscar nominations um, and our favorite category, Best Actress. So we're going to talk about those five actresses. Um, we have talked about all these movies. We have talked about Maestro. We have talked about Nyad. We have talked, obviously, about Killers of the Flower Moon and Poor Things and Anatomy of a Fall. So there are episodes. Go back to the catalog and you will find episodes where we discuss those films. But we kind of today wanted to talk about the campaigns for these actresses. Um, and of course, I am going to start by saying the surprise to me is that Everybody thinks it's Lily and Emma, and it probably still is Lily versus Emma. But they have a challenger, and the challenger is my favorite nomination of the year. Annette Benning and Nyad. Why is it my favorite nomination? You're like nomination? the only person who thinks that. <laughs> and I love that for you. I'm so well, happy for you. I won the bet. Uh, you said not Annette is not going to get nominated, and she got in. So I have. It's true. <laughs> so sometimes in Oscars, when somebody is not expected to get nominated and everybody has wrote them off and they get nominated, they can win. I can't think of any examples right now, but just follow me in this theory. Okay. Somebody <laughs> not expected to win, not expected to be nominated, gets nominated. That changes the conversation. Um, and people will be like, well, can she win? Um, because the conversation so far has been Lily versus Emma, but Annette is coming strong. First, nobody expected her to nominate to be nominated. She's nominated, and she is basically doing several events every day. She is moving from LA to Palm Springs to New York to Santa Barbara. She's everywhere. Her strategy mm -hmm. is to screen not just Nyad but to screen also her other nominated pictures, because I got invited to a screening of The Grifters, but it was on a yep. Saturday afternoon and I didn't go. Uh, but I wish now I did, because I would have to talk about it. I'm surprised that you didn't, because um, you're so 
amped about this nomination. I, l- I love I the think, nomination. Here's what I will say, though. I don't think... Um, I wouldn't say nobody thought that she was going to get nominated because clearly you did. (laughs) But also I think like every predictions list, I would say she was in the top eight. Mm -hmm. Like she was on the fringes. It wasn't out of nowhere. It wasn't like an Andrea Riseborough, you know what I mean? No. Yes, absolutely. Good distinction. Absolutely. You're right. Yes. Um, So she's showing all her filmography and she is also just going to every award ceremony. You know, those those film festivals that just invent awards Mm -hmm. so that people can come and get some FaceTime and give a speech. Mm -hmm. Well, Santa Barbara has a film festival that I think starts today or tomorrow that is basically every Oscar nominee just goes and says they give them like made up awards, Mm -hmm. you know, the Leonard Matlin award for whatever, or the performer of the year award for whatever, or the Rivera, the California Rivera awards. Even that festival ran out of all these made up awards and had to actually invent a new award because they didn't think Annette was going to get nominated. They had handed out all their imaginary awards to all the other nominees. And they were like, oh, but Annette got nominated. We want her to come. So they're like, all right, the inaugural Arlington Award. Don't know what it means. It means right. Annette gets to go to Santa Barbara in front of Academy voters, have a three, two-hour conversation about her career, about Nyad, about why she deserves the Oscar. And that works sometimes. So she is definitely going the the industry route. Come talk mm-hmm. to me about my career. Let me go to all these film festivals that all the voters are at. So that's what she's doing. And it might work. Yeah. She also got Harvard's um, Hasty Pudding Woman of the Year. Yes. Which yes. is funny. <laughs> yes. And she got some the costumes uh, guild is giving her a special award. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of career retrospective awards, which is interesting because I feel like in years where they've given actors awards that feel like career awards, that's very much, it's been kind of obvious from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like even though Glenn Close didn't win, like everybody kind of understood that that's what the wife was. Yes. Or like with still Alice, everybody kind of understands like that's what it is. But I feel like this is just kind of, it's like she got the nomination and now it's like, okay, we got to go, 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 go and mm-hmm. make this narrative. Happen. Yes. Yes. So if she wins SAG, I think it's going to because because remember also Annette Benning this year was during the strike was very active in trying to get, you know, the striking actors, um, like raising money for the striking actors and all of that. So not that that matters, but I think her stature as Hollywood royalty and an actress that she this is the narrative. I've been working since the 90s. The Grifters was 1990. That was my first nomination. That's 34 years ago. Emma Stone was either a baby or not born yet. So so yeah. it's Lily Gladstone. So that's her narrative that she's saying. And it just might work. You never know. You never know. But um, as we've been talking about, um, the others are doing a lot of work as well. Yes. Lily Gladstone in particular in the last week or so has gotten a couple of pretty major profiles written about her. One in the New Yorker, I think one in Los Angeles Times. Um, I think I saw also Rolling Stone. So that's oh, really? a lot. Yeah. Yes. And then um, what else she had? I mean, those of us who are over 60 and watch PBS NewsHour, we're excited <laughs> to see 
her covered there as well. So, uh, yeah, she's really everywhere. Um, and I think if you look at the sort of the headlines, I haven't read any of these in-depth interviews, but the headline that the New Yorker went with, I think it was all about her being the first Native American and how she is going in and holding the door open, which is a very powerful message um, to say at this point. So, so she is also playing to her strengths. And unlike Annette, um, she has a movie that's nominated for nine other awards that's considered including Best Picture and Best Director. Um, which is, I think, most of the other people except Carrie Mulligan, who doesn't have Best Director, but this has Best Film. So she is not unique in having those two very important nominations for her, but it still means that it's a movie other branches has seen and love, mm -hmm. while Annette's movie basically was just seen by actors because it didn't even right. get... Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't even get makeup, which I totally, when I saw the movie, I was like, is this going to the makeup be Maestro versus Nyad? But it didn't get it. Better than Maestro. I think we have to say it, but I don't <laughs> want to, you know. Uh, um. So, yeah. So I think Lily is also doing like what she needs to do at this point. And also the other thing that I noticed, because I follow Rosie De Palma on Instagram, who just has the nicest Instagram and I like to see, because, you know, it's mostly pictures from, of her or Almodovar movies. So that's why I follow <laughs> her. Um, right. And she had these pictures with Lily and Scorsese in Madrid. So I think they are doing like a European tour. Because then they, right. there was so pictures of them in Rome Did and she Paris. Did she see the Pope? Was, no. was Lily also with the Pope? I That'd don't. Cool. She didn't see the Pope. I don't think Lily's Catholic. I don't know. But she didn't see the Pope. No, I, Although yeah, I don't know if the is the Pope sees non-Catholics. I don't know. But... Well, yeah, he's he's you know he's friendly ish as far as popes go yeah well he, she her didn't character go to the... is catholic that's right that's something to bond over you know totally, totally her character is catholic <laughs> but it was scorsese or at least from the pictures it was only scorsese um mm -hmm. but you know all of that rubs on on her so i think now she's the face of of killers and she's always been even in in before when Leo was also like campaigning. She was always the face. So mm -hmm. she's still in a very good position to win. And I guess SAG will determine because it's going to be Cassandra's not there and Carrie's not going to win. So it's either Lily Emma or Annette. I know. I'm really curious. I have a weird feeling that Emma Stone is going to win SAG. But maybe well, I don't. Maybe I'm just making that up. I maybe. honestly don't know now that I'm thinking about it more. But yeah, um, I mean, I want to predict Annette because because that will just make me happy. It will be my it will be my win of the season. You're <laughs> manifesting it. Yeah, I'm, I'm manifesting it. But who knows? But Emma Stone, what she's doing, she is doing the thing that worked for Matthew McConaughey when he won for Dallas Buyers Club is during the voting period. Everybody was watching True Detective. Um, right. I, I have I really can't figure out how popular the curse is it's because very popular when when the finale happened because it was crazy a lot of people were talking about it um but my sense is like going up until that like nobody was talking about it and I felt like I was crazy because I was I felt like I was the only one watching it for a long time so now I'm just like was everyone watching it and we were all just not saying anything or what's going on I think people are catching up with it so I just started it right. so I didn't reach the finale yet I think uh, we saw three episodes. So Do you we're know still what in the... happens? No, no, don't okay. tell me. Um, I'm not going to. But I have been. You will hearing... not be able to predict it. 
Yeah. Oh God, I'm sure I won't. But also the <laughs> thing is before you were right, I was only hearing about it from you. I'm like, why does Izzy talk about the curse every time I talk to her? I didn't say that to you, but I'm like, you know, to each his own. Listen. Maybe the curse is that good. But since then, since the finale, I think the finale, people talked about it and about what it was or whatever, that it made a lot of people, including me, check it out. So more people are watching it now. Um, mm -hmm. And it also gives her a way to campaign without campaigning and being greedy about, oh, I want to win another Oscar. She's just, no, I'm just here to talk about the curse, which she's been doing. Right. And so. Wow. It's so hard for some of us to be ahead of the curve like that. Like <laughs> watching the show as it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making fun of me or Emma Stone? Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, this is my way of getting back at you for bragging about winning. Well, I won. Never doubt the Benning. <laughs> Never doubt the Benning. <laughs> Also, I just love that you give me this um, forum to say I won, I won, like for a straight half hour or however long this podcast is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good friend. <laughs> yes, you are a very good friend. Um, and Sandra Holler, I guess, is in, is in Europe. She had a big interview in Variety. Yeah, they have the Cesar luncheon. What was happening today? There was yeah. a bunch of red carpet pictures for the Cesar Awards. Yeah, the luncheon, which I guess the Academy luncheon will be next week or something. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, I noticed uh, they finally asked Swan Arlo about how everyone's in love with him. Did you see that video? No. What did he say? He was like, I think it's really funny. I just don't wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that, that's oh, the secret. That's the secret. And then, wow. And, well, they asked like all of the castmates about it and, and, and Justine Trier and she was like, I think it's really funny because here nobody cares about him and there everybody's in love with him. She's like, <laughs> Americans are crazy. <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe the French like somebody who looks like Jerry Lewis or Gerard Depardieu. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they just have seen so many of that guy that they're like, whatever. What? Yeah, this is a, what is this? It's a Tuesday, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so Sandra's also doing her um, her bit. And then I don't know what Carrie Mulligan is doing. I think Carrie Mulligan is just happy to be nominated. She did have that interview that she, went viral where she said actors would be lying if they said they don't care about awards. Right. Which well, she's right. So she should say it. But also, yeah, she had her her Paris weekend. Mm. Because um, the Paris theater did Annette Benning first and now they're doing Carrie Mulligan. That's, oh. For those who don't live in New York City, the Paris Theater is owned by Netflix. And so that's like mm -hmm. the Netflix propaganda theater. Yeah. Um, so that's where they were having the grifters and uh, where they did a promising young woman maestro double feature. Oh, wow. I just have to say the, grif the promising young woman is not the grifters. Like For I sure. I mean, it's much <laughs> less complimentary, I think, <laughs> to show that movie yeah. than the grifters. But, yes. But yeah. she was there for both of them. Yeah. And the thing about Carrie Mulligan is she's been nominated everywhere. So if people want to be like, because you know how awards people will be like, well, they missed this one and they missed that one. Where Carrie didn't miss anything. Even Lily Gladstone missed BAFTA. Carrie is everywhere. She and Emma are the only two who are everywhere. Not that that matters. In the end, people vote to who they want to vote. They're not going to be like, who did they get nominated at that other award? They vote for who yeah. they want to vote. I don't think this matters. But it just means that her movie it has broad appeal. Not well, enough I for her to win. It's like broad appeal is a really nice way of saying like it's the most conventional awards movie type of role. 
I think yeah. of the group. Yes. Yeah. It's, totally. it's like period piece, frustrated wife, <laughs> like, yeah. Too famous man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I like Carrie Mulligan and I even like her in Maestro, but like, you're just here to be, you know, find the nice dress and look, look fabulous and have a good time. Oh my God. <laughs> It's these the women truth. just need to look good that's, that's no you know i would it's not about women i would want to look good if i'm going to the oscars no i know i'm just teasing you <laughs> i agree have you ever thought about that what would you do if you went to the oscars like would you go in one of those like crazy fancy suits that's like that has a bunch of details on it or would you go straight up traditional like black suit and tie tuxedo well i would want to stand out a little bit more than just a black tuxedo so i think yeah. i would choose a tuxedo but maybe play with the color and material okay um to stand out a little bit um mm -hmm. maybe i'll wear a red velvet or i don't know purple velvet i'll take if i was in the color purple i'll definitely wear purple velvet. True. <laughs> that's a good but one I'm, yeah i but, see that for you yeah that'd be really nice because uh, i'm not like you know rock the boat fashion person i just you know i want to look nice right. but i also don't want to be in the background like i don't want to look like a penguin like every other person i want to look a little right. distinctive that's all yeah i think that's that's a good approach honestly. yes yeah what about you if you ever went to the oscar you know i don't know that i ha literally can't remember the last time i wore a dress so it's like really hard for me to imagine myself doing that but also it's the oscars so you kind of like I feel like I should. Do you know what I mean? Like, when am I ever going to do something like that? So I think I would want to do something kind of cool. Yeah. Like a, a nice dress. I, I would wear a dress. <laughs> wow. You'd wear um, a dress. But I don't, I don't know what I would do, though. Yeah. Well, well, but by the time you and I get to the Oscars, we'll have like a, a whole village I'm gonna be behind in a wheelchair. Of, of stylists and whatever. Let's yeah. No, I'm going the, the nicer route. No, no wheelchair. As far as just no, I, by that, I meant like I'm going to be 100 years old. <laughs> no, I meant, yeah, I understood what you meant, but I'm like, we're not going to be that old. We're just going to have, I hope so. We're going to have, I don't know, some stylists to help us out. Um, yeah, I really so, will need that. So, Izzy, we are not, we're very far from the Oscars, you and I, but we are in the center of New York City where you, there are a lot of movies are playing and mm -hmm. both of us had some good movie going experiences. So before I introduce my um, interview uh, with the director of Bobby Wine, let's talk a little bit about what we saw this week. Mm -hmm. um, what did you see that you wanted to tell us about? Well, I had a harrowing weekend courtesy of Film at Lincoln Center, um, which was showing a series about the French film critic um, Serge Danet, um, who, um, and so in honor of his a book of criticism that has been recently translated of his work, they programmed some of his favorite films from the 1970s. Um, and so the two that I chose to see this weekend wow. were some of the more, I would guess I would say controversial um listings in in the group the mm. first was um solo or the 120 days of sodom which is a um pierre pa uh paolo pasolini film from 1975 which is essentially an adaptation of um the marquis de sade's novel oh wow yeah i mean um, I've, I've heard of it but i've never seen it 
Yeah. So it, it is essentially like that novel transposed into like fascist um, Italy. And wow. it's like, <laughs> so it's just, it is um, one of the most disgusting movies I've ever seen in my life without a doubt um but it is kind of like intentionally that like it is supposed to be very harrowing and like showing um how it's it's like a good metaphor for how like society erodes under fascism and you like lose value of human life and all of these kinds of things um but it is a lot to get through and it's pretty gross (laughs) oh wow so it's not for the faint of heart i would say is it really seven hours? No, no, no. This is like the first one. This is a normal like two hour film. Oh, okay. Then on Sunday, I went to the seven hour movie called, <laughs> uh, I think it's called Our Hitler. Oh my God. Wow. Why did you put yourself through this? Wow. I don't know, but I was very exhausted by the end of that this weekend. Um, So there were like a couple of intermissions. So you do get to break it up a little bit, which was really nice. <laughs> But that again was like, I that that was actually much easier to watch than Solo in the sense that like the content was very, it was almost like watching a play. Like there aren't really any just like scary violent pictures from the Holocaust. It's a lot of like, mm. um, like dressed up mannequins and like puppets and like, uh, little constructed scenes and stuff like that. So it's more like a poem about what hitler the person yeah did and like what he represented um but it's just very long and so it takes like a lot of patience to get through but i I, i'm kind of like glad that i did it because it got it was like a challenge almost to sit through it well you are a very patient intellectual moviegoer um well that was also part of it too because i wanted to see who was going to be there you know mm. like who is the crowd for these kinds of things um the first the the crowd for solo was like i would say 80 to 90 percent white boys with glasses or a baseball hat wow okay <laughs> i know the type yeah yeah like <laughs> um so i was surprised by how like kind of homogenous that screening was but lincoln or the the Hitler one was pretty diverse, actually. I mean, it, it got a lot of people there because it was kind of like this never shows ever. Yeah. It was originally distributed in 1980 by Francis Ford Coppola. Wow. Um, And so it's just like impossible to see it, especially one that looks good. There is a version on YouTube, actually. So if you if anyone wants to see it, just like DM me or whatever. Um, But yeah, wow. it's it's a lot. Yeah, well, it, it does sound a lot. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't even go to see Annette Benning that same Saturday. I was just like, I just don't want to do anything today. Uh, but, but I did host a night of Sudanese culture and cinema, which we did yes. it in New York. And that was wonderful. We played, um, I did it with this wonderful guy, Basil, who's Syrian. He does this cinema mixologist events every six weeks in New York where he will show um, one, he would show one or two movies from a specific Arab country and then we'll have drinks and converse. The drinks will be um, inspired by that country. Um, And then, you know, he'll invite people earlier so that 
you know, they get to know each other and have a conversation. So he invited me to um, host with him this night about Sudan. And I did the intro um, and you were there. Thank you yep. um, uh, for coming and all the people listening who came. Thank you so much. And um, it was very nice. And I, you know, I read a poem and I was very happy it sold out. And anyway, if you want to see or hear what I said, it's on my Instagram at amortada underscore E. Um, but it was a very nice night. And I think we accomplished what I wanted to do is that night, which is change the conversation from Sudan, from being about the war to being about the culture and the and film and artists. And, and I think that happened at least for one night. So um, I felt so just on cloud nine after um, it was a wonderful evening. Um, and for people who might be interested in seeing your intro, you did post it on Instagram and I can tell you that in the room, it, it went really, really well. I mean, it was a fantastic intro, um, both giving context for the films, but also kind of bringing your own personal perspective and thoughts and feelings into it. It was really, really touching. So everyone, please go watch it because it's worth your time. Um, and if you want to learn more about what's happening in Sudan, go on the hashtag Keep Eyes on Sudan, whether on Instagram or Twitter. And there are a lot of people who know a lot more than I do and who are posting um, daily videos and news and everything on that hashtag. Um, we need a lot more people to know about Sudan. Um, um, but on a um, on another note, I also saw a couple of movies that are out this week. I saw How to Have Sex, which is a beautiful film about consent. It sort of follows the formula of um, the teenage sex comedy. Like, you know, somebody wants to lose their virginity and they go, it's a summer, they're in Greece. It's a British film. Um, but it becomes, it's grittier and it's more realistic and it's about consent and it's really beautifully done. Um, the lead actress who's, you know, talking about awards up for the BAFTA for Best Newcomer. Mia McKenna Bruce is so wonderful in this performance. She has this thing of like, She's so open with her emotions and her face is so just telegraphs everything and has such a warm presence that she reminded me of young Kate Winslet in like Sense and Sensibility or something like that, where just such a great presence on screen. Um, and then um, I saw, see, I love saying amp. Uh, <laughs> I saw Here, uh, which is also a movie opening just in New York. And this is, I think, a Belgian Romanian film by a director called Bas Davos. It's a very sort of like one of those movies that it's so artsy and beautiful, but it's also so simple. It's just about these two people starting a relationship and they start the relationship by um, making soup for each other. And um, mm -hmm. this is the story. Like, I can't tell you uh, more about this film. Just go see it. It's beautiful. It's only 80 minutes. Uh, but wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's much more interesting than people making soup for each other, but it is kind of about that too. But also just go see it. It's like the the um the low budget um central European version of the taste of things. So the food mm -hmm. is not that enticing or appetizing or is on screen for long, but the people are. Well, that's but, great. But it's still just as mesmerizing. Um, and thank you for everybody who reached with messages after our Oscar reactions um, uh, podcast. We got a lot of nice messages, so keep them coming and, you know, go to wherever you listen and give us a five-star rating. And we'll leave you with another 
Oscar. I interviewed Moses uh, Buayo, who is a first-time filmmaker, a documentarian from Uganda, who started on this project as the third cameraman and became the co-director of it by the end and now an Oscar nominee. It's a beautiful, inspirational story about this musician, um, Bobby Wine, who was very popular in Uganda um, and then challenged the dictator who's been there for over 35 years um, in a presidential election in 2021. Obviously he didn't win, but as the title of the film tells you, it's Bobby Wine, the people's president. And so the movie is kind of a very inspirational story about how you build a community and how you then harness that community together to try and change the circumstances for everybody living there. And whether it's successful or not, it's inspirational. Um, um, and the film is made available all over the world, especially in Africa, free of charge. Um, which um, Moses will actually tell you, if you are listening to us from anywhere in Africa, listen to the um, interview to the end, because Moses will tell you um, how you can watch this film right now for free um, if you are located anywhere in Africa. So um, without further ado, here's my interview with Moses Boyo, the director of Bobby Wine, The People's President. All right. Moses, congratulations on the Academy Award nomination for Best Documentary for Bobby Wine, the people, the people's president. Um, I was so excited. Um, so tell us, I know you were in, at Sundance because I ran yes. into you the day before <laughs> in the street yeah. on Main Street. So yeah. tell us about that day and how you received the news. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. How can I say? Mutada, firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's really uh, great sharing this story. It's been such an honor, you know. Um, but when we set out to make this film, we were really documenting the story of Uganda and the struggle for freedom and democracy in Uganda, you know. Um, in those moments, I never thought that mm -hmm. this is how the world would receive the films, you know, the film, sorry. In that moment, I honestly, we were not really making an awards winning film, you know, mm -hmm. we were documenting the story and I was focusing on what was happening around me. But um, I was so nervous on Monday evening. I don't know if we met at, uh, at the, the night before, you know, at that party. It was the... Cinetic party, cinetic yeah. party. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so nervous that night. And I, I honestly know very well how I was feeling that night. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember retiring. I think I left the party at, like, maybe, I don't know, 2 or, or 1 a.m. or something. I was... You know, and 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 it, it was because I just didn't want to be alone. You know, I just didn't yeah. know <laughs> the news was coming. You know, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I couldn't sleep. I just failed to sleep, and I I remember at like four something, four forty five. I was on the phone with my wife, and I'm like, look, I can't sleep, and you know, this news, and I don't know what's going to happen. But you know, I I literally fell asleep at like five forty five. You know, wow. And my phone woke me up and it was ringing and texting <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? You know, so I wake up confused and I pick up the phone and it's my friend John, uh, sorry, uh, Ben Proudfoot, you know, yeah. it's Ben Proudfoot calling and 
he's on video and he's in LA. He's put up this huge party and they're watching live, you know. Uh, he's Yeah. the director of uh, The Last Repair Show. Yeah. Yeah. And he's with, you know, his doc participants and the filmmakers and they're watching Yeah. live. And he's like, Moses, you just got nominated. Oh, And wow. <laughs> you should put on some clothes, man. <laughs> You're an Oscar nominee. I was like, oh my God, I shouted. I couldn't believe it. Um, But, you know, I, 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 the news came and it's just humbling. And, you know, it was a lovely day. Um, I, I didn't actually have a big celebration. I had a tea with Tim, Tim Hosberg from um, Yeah. uh, National Geographic. Yes. Um, it was a, a quiet day. Yeah. Um, I ran into Mira, Mira Naya, my mentor. Uh, Yes. and Geraldine uh, organized this talk, uh, by a fireside talk that we Mm-hmm. did that, that evening. And it, Wow. it, was, it went so well. Um, yeah, but it's been... Uh, It's been great. It's been lovely. Um, it's humbling. It's Yes. incredibly humbling. You know, Christopher and I, we we are first time documentary directors, and and you know, this is our first feature, right? Um, Yes. I mean, you know, we've done different things in the past. I've I've made uh, I've directed music videos in the past, Mm -hmm. shot for other people. But this was um, like our first documentary debut and we've been very well received by the documentary community, Mm you -hmm. know, around the world, especially in the US, you know, um, Yeah. it's an honor, really. It's a huge honor. Um, and, you know, we have so much gratitude uh, by this attention. Yes. Well, the attention is nice, but like you said, this is not why you set out to do, uh, to make this film. So let's go Yeah. back to the beginning and sort of, if you can tell our listeners, um, when, when did you hear of Bobby Wine or was he always part of, um, you know, your consciousness or your life? When did you sort of like start, this is somebody I might be interested in documenting. Well, uh, growing up, I used to listen to Bobby's music. Um, his music has, um, I mean, as a young man in Uganda, you know, we we always loved his music. And at some point in his life, he transformed from just singing um, happy music, you know, like to have a good time, to singing um, revolutionary music and music that that would... respond to the misrule that was happening in Uganda, music that represented the common man. So at that time, I, you know, I, of course, we've been inspired by him. There's this saying in the U.S. that goes by, um, they say, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Mm hmm Bobby has pulled himself up by the bootstraps, you know, growing up in the ghetto, no parents to establishing himself as one of the top three big uh, uh, Afrobeat musicians in Eastern mm hmm Central Africa. He's gone on to win accolades. Um, so he had built this wonderful life around himself, very successful with a great family. Um, and, you know, he's been an inspiration to the young people, including myself. Um, however, in 2017, He decided to run for MP. And that, you know, it, 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 it was two things. Firstly, Mm-hmm. it was not surprising because he had 
been uh, singing about the problems that the Ugandan people faced so many times. Mm -hmm. So we knew he was a consistent individual, you know. Yeah. But again, this was some, you know, someone who had, who was a musician, you know, he had dreadlocks. Now yeah. he had cut off the dreadlocks, yeah. was wearing suits. So we're yeah. like, oh my God, what's happening, right? So that yeah. that part was really surprising. And um, I mean, at that time, so Christopher Sharp, my co-director and producer, met Bobby in, mm -hmm. in, in Malta around that time when Bobby had just gotten into parliament. Um, and they, you know, Bobby was singing at his daughter's wedding. So they had a conversation the next day over breakfast and Chris yeah. thought, oh my God, this guy's story is incredible. I think I should, you know, I should follow him or something. I should cover this story as a film. Yeah. And there the, the documentary idea was born, right? Mm -hmm. I was then introduced to Christopher a few weeks later. He was in Uganda putting together a team. Mm. And, you know, lo and behold, here we are. We made the film, um, uh, an incredible film you know, filled with love, passion, you know, also mm -hmm. just an inspirational film. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I hope world audiences receive it that way, yeah. I think audiences have receiving it well throughout the year. I have run into it several film festivals and there's yes. always Since amazing- Since when we met. Falls, yes, <laughs> and there's always amazing audience response and you, it yeah. is inspirational, Um, all of that. So I wanna ask you about the process itself. So documentarians, yes. when they start, when they go um to, uh, to start a film, the way that I sort of think of it is like you're going yeah. on a quest. You've yes. decided maybe on your subject, you have a yes. concept, but yes. you don't actually know what you're going to find. So Thank I you. want you to tell me um, sort of like how the concept changed from that the yeah. beginning when you set out yeah. with Christopher to do this and to how it came out. Was it always the story, this story that you wanted to tell? Did it change? Did you no. find things that <laughs> you were surprised by? <laughs> yeah, of course it it changed, and uh, I mean, uh, we we were listening, you know, we were listening to to the story. We were paying attention through all through. We set out to to really make a film, an honest portrayal of this mm -hmm. ghetto, you know, artist who becomes a, a politician and you know gets into parliament. Yeah. Firstly, we didn't know he was going to run for presidency. We knew he was leading this revolution, people power mm -hmm. movement, you know. So mm. we're just documenting his journey, right? Um, but we didn't know he was going to go against a 38 now, 38-year-long dictatorship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, throwing everything in his life. I mean, you know, he literally um just put everything at stake, right? His life, those close to him, his family. Um, so things changed, things changed. Um, but, you know, it's been a great journey to see that change. Um, he, in, in the very, very beginning, you know, we wanted to, to, to make a series, mm -hmm. but we ended up with a documentary. We, we covered over 4,000 hours of footage you know, uh, cut that down to, to to literally just under two hours. Yeah. So this the story really changed, and we thought we could find this individual with so many flaws, and you know, mm. like really go into like you know, like all these other flaws and all that. But you know, he's he's just a consistent guy. 
um really uh he's he's a rarity you know mm -hmm. it's it's hard to find individuals like these today um mm -hmm. yeah very committed to change and and the fight for freedom and and democracy and rights you know human rights mm -hmm. um yeah he's he's an incredible character yeah and you show that in the film for sure. One of the things that I was surprised at as a member of the audience is that, you know, I knew this was going to be about Bobby Wine. I knew yeah. it was going to be about running for president, you know, yeah. Museveni, all of the political stuff, the community yeah. stuff, the, even the music, that was all yeah. an expectation. Yeah. But what I was surprised by was this portrait of a marriage and family in the midst yeah. of all this. So can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah, Um we, you know, meeting them and when I was introduced to Bobby and Barbie by Christopher, I, I you know, we, uh, Christopher and I, we literally knew Barbie would be a, a big part of the film. Um, you know, she's she's like an anchor uh, for Bobby and, and many times Bobby says he wouldn't be where he is without her. Uh, mm. You know, he's a, they're very great. Uh, they have this great bond and, and wonderful family um it's 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 you know it's an honor you know uh, to to observe and to see them grow and you know um and in the beginning you know we were covering mainly it was mainly the political stuff mm -hmm. you know um yeah. but as as we we progressed in the story we 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 got all this incredible access you know as we noticed the danger that it, the, the, they were going through, uh, the danger to them and the family, and and you know, we 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 knew that the camera and the film was a lifeline. Mm. You know, the, having the camera present in those spaces became almost like a protection for them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the state apparatus would. Um, they wouldn't go as far as they would usually, right? Um, so, um, and when when there was the assassination in 2018, we thought, oh my God, this guy could die, you know, like, like mm -hmm. um, it's terrible to say that, but we did think, you know, something like that could happen. Yeah. So we, actually, we also started editing quite early because we knew mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to put out the story if mm -hmm. anything had happened to him, we wanted wow. to quickly put out mm -hmm. the story. Uh, but, you know, that continued to to tell us how important the story was mm -hmm. and why why we needed to, to carry through um, and to be close to them. So um, as the story progressed, we be, the access became even, you know, more and we were... Um, you know, by the end of the filming, I had a place in their in their house. You know, well, how um, you 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 moved in? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I had a place to crash in their house anytime I I needed. Yeah, you know, and um, uh, in when I fled the country um, mm -hmm. in 2022, the kids asked Bobby and Bobby, "Where did Uncle yeah. Moses go? Like, what happened?" You know. Yeah. And they continue to ask, you know, um, they, they were saying the other day, you know, the kids continue to ask what happened. But yeah, here we are today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've gone on to become family and, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And that intimacy sort of shows in the film. Like, I think Thank it you. shows that this is like when the camera's on Bobby or on Barbie, and I'm assuming you and Christopher are behind it, you know, it yeah. shows that you are filming somebody you've become familiar with, you have a, yeah. a relationship with, and that sort of adds to the power of the film itself. Because then yeah. we, the audience, are seeing uh, Bobby through the friendship that you've um, developed with him. Um, so I wanted to ask you about another partnership on this film um, yeah. with Christopher, your co-director. Yeah. So can you tell me about, you know, working together? Um, yeah. Usually we don't have a lot of co-directors, but um, I know. <laughs> so talk talk about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's it's been a very, it was a convenient friendship. You know, uh, we started off as colleagues and now we are friends and family, you know, Uh we know what's happening in each other's lives and families. And, you know, it's, it's been such a wonderful team. Um, so I met Chris in 2017, uh, end of 2017, to start working on the film. Um, we started with two other uh, DPs, uh, Michele Sibiloni and Sam Benstead. Um, and I was the third camera on the project. Um, mm. But the other two... Uh, DPs were Caucasian and they were very easily identified and mm. they had to leave the country as well because it it was a threat. Uh, there were threats to their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, so at that point, it was myself and Christopher and we, you know, we we plowed through for lack of a better word. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we really bonded so well. And, you know, Christopher is born in Uganda. His dad was born in Uganda. So we both have this connection to the country and we know that our home could be a better place you know so mm -hmm. um observing this revolution that was happening before our eyes you know has been a blessing to both of us and you know bringing the story to life has been such an honor for us um but yeah you know we spoke every day about the story and you know i i, I must say i i spoke to christopher way more than i spoke to my wife you know <laughs> Um, we yeah we dreamt the film we were thinking about the film and in those moments of 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 you know um oppression and repression you know mm -hmm. when I was locked up in jail and and interrogated and and arrested mm -hmm. a couple of, on a couple of occasions you know yeah. uh he was that friend and he was there you know we 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 went through it you know so it's been a great journey it's been an incredible journey yeah and it's been it took you four years is that is it four five or years five? five years five long harrowing years yeah, yeah. um yeah so, and and also christopher funded self-funded the film mm. in the very beginning so he really believed in the story he took a big risk you know mm -hmm. that um a huge financial risk, personal risk, you know, that, that you know, it, it, it's, it, it, it's a rarity, you know, that someone will make a film about a place like Uganda, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But the story was really poignant, you know, and worth telling, you know. It's a story of the fight for democracy, and it resonates with the world today. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And this is one of the things like I think the world has changed also in general as it changes every year since your movie and it, it gets since your movie was, you know, conceived and released. And, you know, these things take a long time. You said five years. Um, um, so it does, to your point, I agree with you, it does have more resonance now just because of 
all that's happening in the world. But I also yeah. just want to talk about your, you, you mentioned several times how dangerous this was, oh, yeah. this process was. Um, and I don't want you to like to relive harrowing memories or anything, but just can yeah. you tell me like, uh, so that we can, because, you know, as a documentarian, you're not yeah. just, oh, let's, let's wait for the light or whatever, right. you know, that's right. not the process of filming. No. So, yeah. so, so can you tell us about just the, how dangerous this experience was? Oh my God, Mutanda, like, uh, wow. Um, there's many, many, many incidences I could describe here. Um, but again, I don't want to traumatize our audience. Um, but, you know, I, I was locked up in jail. I was arrested a few times, um, locked up in a crammed jail, you know, terrible, terrible place. You know, um, uh, I was shot in the face at close range. I don't know if you can, you can see that. I right can see there, the scar. You know? Yeah. Uh, luckily I had a camera in my face. So most of the, pro the project, the, most of the heat from the projectile took, uh, went to the camera, but it still grazed me, hit me, mm -hmm. you know, Never felt such impact in my life. I hit the ground, blacked out, right? And I I woke up from, you know, from this. And I, I you know, I literally, uh, my body was in like in frantic action. And I, you know, got up, started running, jumped on a motorcycle and got myself out of that situation. Um, it, it was like um, the police and military had pla uh, uh, mounted a roadblock and they were shooting tear gas and rubber bullets and bullets up in the sky and you know it was um yeah and 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 i'm lucky i must say i'm lucky mm -hmm. today um but i had to flee the country um i now live in the u.s and i'm seeking political asylum here uh because of making this film um but you know um there's there's journalists and people who who have not been that lucky right mm -hmm. yeah um yeah. I say I'm lucky because I'm here. You can, yeah. you know, we can see each other. We can talk. But there's yeah. people who have disappeared, people whom we don't know where they are. You know, um, some people who are still locked up. Um, so it's really, um, it's really an honor that I am here, mm -hmm. and we we can, you know, I can share this story today. It's a mm -hmm. miracle. It's yeah. a miracle that that we can, you know, share this story. Um, yeah. But also, I'll say. Um, regardless of the repression, you know, because it didn't happen once or twice. It it happened through throughout the 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 uh, you know the five years I had been identified mm. um, by the state. Um, there were two attempted kidnaps on my wife. So when that happened, uh, wow. by by in 2022, we decided to flee the country. Uh, Christopher and I decided that if if the film was to be released and I was still in Uganda. Mm -hmm. Uh, there would be uh, mm -hmm. different repercussions and we didn't want to see what that could yeah. be. Um, but also I'll say sometimes to be a vehicle of change, you have to put yourself in, in difficult mm -hmm. places. You have to take difficult yeah. decisions, you know, um, yeah. and some of those decisions and all places will be, will be dangerous, you know, but if you want to be a vehicle of change, you have to take those sacrifices. And this mm -hmm. was mine for my yeah. country. 
I love all you said, and I think the film is also hopefully have become an inspiration. I know it has inspired me and a lot of people I know who come from Africa, who fled their countries, um, who are trying to build lives. And there's yeah. always that sort of like, you know, the guilt you have of the people you yeah. left behind. But, you know, oh, the yeah. work can be inspiration. Um, Thank you. And so yeah, I want to ask... Fled, you fled Sudan, right? Yes, a long time ago, oh though. I've God, been in America yeah. since 2006. So I want to ask you about... Um, so has the film, to your knowledge, been seen in Uganda? I'm sure it hasn't been released in cinemas or anything because... No, yeah. But I'm sure people find a way to see yeah. just like they found a way to listen to Bobby's music yes. and to... Uh, you know, vote for Bobby to form mm -hmm. a community with him. So do you know if, if the film is being seen in Uganda? Yeah, the film has been seen in Uganda. National Geographic uh, mm -hmm. have been generous enough. They put the film on, um, on YouTube free to access in Africa. So anywhere in Africa, the film can be seen on YouTube. And the film has been very well received back home. Um, and when the Oscar nomination came, oh my mm -hmm. God, it was like this incredible celebration. Um, and the news traveled through the country. Bobby and Bobby were under house arrest. You know, that morning, the military and police withdrew from their home. Wow. Right? So uh, the dictatorship now, Museveni has started backtracking on some of the things that he says, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's been trying to, he's been uh, pushing forward this smear campaign against the opposition, you know, saying yeah. uh, that some of the um, kidnaps that were happening to the opposition supporters were, were orchestrated by the opposition themselves. Wow. Right? Like mm -hmm. that's just telling of the regime. Now yeah. they're like, they know they're being watched, you know. Yeah. So every level of recognition that this film gets is a lifeline for the Ugandan people, is a lifeline for Bobby and Bobby. This story is current, mm -hmm. you know, as we speak. Have... When the film, the film, uh, uh, Bobby's political party, the National Unity Platform, about a week ago did a screening in Uganda of the film. And on that day, a lot of his supporters were arrested. Uh, three, about four people have been missing until today. Um, yeah, so it is It is a current story. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, the film has been very well received and the Ugandan people feel represented and encouraged by, by you know, the attention they're receiving around the world. Yeah, um, this is wonderful. I love what you just said. It's a lifeline. Uh, for Uganda and for Ugandans. I love that. I think it's true because, you know, the Academy Awards is this big sort of glamorous event, but it's also mm -hmm. can shine a light. And I love that Thank it's you. shining a light on you and on and on the film. Yeah. Um, I think we have like four minutes left. So I'm going to yes. ask you um, a general question to end with. So this is mm -hmm. your first um, film. Mm hmm. Um, but I want to know sort of now, you know, now you're an Academy Award nominated documentarian. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you about sort of what, you know, what stories do you want to tell? What, how do you, how do you want to, you know, use this, um, for lack of a better word, fame to, to tell more stories and sort of what, how are you going to go about that? Do you sort of, do you sort of yeah. know what stories you want to tell or how are you looking for more stories? Oh, Matanda, it's uh, uh, thank, thank you for those words, those kind words. I mean, 
it's still unreal. You know, the nomination is still unreal. It's still sinking in. I still can't believe it. It's, a, you know, it's it's like a, it's a huge dream. It's it's like a, a long dream that I'm still waiting. When when am I going to wake up? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I do want to tell, you know, stories of social justice and of um, oppressed people. I want to, to, to channel that, that, you know that that energy to stories of 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 people who are under under difficult circumstances doing mm -hmm. great things. Those are the story I want to tell. You know, uh, those are yeah. the stories I want to focus on. Um, yeah, and and I'm thinking, and I have a few ideas that I want to put forward. And yeah, it's a it's a great time. It's a wonderful moment, and I'm really grateful to the documentary um, documentary branch and the documentary community um, that has welcomed welcomed me, welcomed us, you know, Christopher and I. Mm -hmm. It's an honor. It's a it's a huge honor, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very blessed, you know, to be yes. here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the honor is theirs because your film is just that good. Um, oh, thank you. But, but... Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Moses, thank you so much for uh, talking with me today. And congratulations again. Wishing you all um, the success, not just with the Academy Awards, but I can't wait to see what other stories you tell um, because Bobby Wine is really exceptional work. Congrats. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll leave our audience with one word. Um we can all do something. Bad things happen because good people don't do what they're supposed to do. And I believe this film, uh, in a world where there's a rise in totalitarianism today, we can do something. People of goodwill should stand up and do something. So let's share this film. Um, this film also highlights the fragility of democracies around the world. So I hope audiences, wherever you are, will share this film, share it with your loved ones. Let's 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 let us um uh you know get out and support and let's not ignore the Ugandan struggle. Thank you. Thank you, Moses. And in the US, the film is available on Hulu and Disney Plus. And like Moses said earlier, if you are anywhere in Africa, just Google National Geographic Bobby Wine and you will find the movie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much to Moses um, for his time and for his insights. And this is our episode for this week. And until next week, you can find me on Instagram at Mortada underscore E and on Twitter at M-E underscore says. And I'm BK Rewind on Twitter and BK underscore Rewind on Instagram. And until next time, thank you for listening.